Live. Live. Live from... Welcome to New York. This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Just End the Suffering Podcast, the New York podcast that talks about New York sports from a perspective of a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Welcome to part two, our opening week of baseball special. Part one came out on Tuesday. I talked to Jason Stark of The Athletic, getting ready for baseball season. Talked to the baseball beat, Will Snyder and Anthony Sorbellini. Did over-under picks of Phil Freyetta. Now part two of the podcast here on opening day, the pop culture portion of the week. We are doing the baseball movie draft, the long-awaited crossover event from our three pop culture correspondents, Sam DeRosa, John Stanko, and Alan Austin. Without any further ado, it is time to dive into the baseball movie draft. All right, we are back here. Just End the Suffering podcast, the pop culture crossover you cannot believe we've been waiting for. The baseball movie draft is here. Joining me right now, first up, our pop culture correspondent. We last talked about Field of Dreams a couple of weeks ago, Sam DeRosa. Sam, welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on because, well, somebody we talked to last week, talking some movies, talking some John Wick with the great John Stanko. John, how are you? Doing fantastic, Michael. How are you? Doing pretty good. Congratulations on winning the Assassin Draft poll on Twitter. Your squad beat mine, as you predicted. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't even a competition. So if we're being brutally honest here, it was not even a competition. Ouch. And also with us today, somebody who we talked to last week, the newest ever on the pop culture team. We talked fantasy baseball with Alan Austin. Alan, how are you? Hey, Mike, ready for this exciting uh, draft? So pumped. I am pumped, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to say, Guys, I'm also very pumped that baseball is back. John, you ready for the baseball season? Yeah, I'm ready for baseball. I'll admit that the whole labor disputes and the whole situation that led up to this kind of took away a lot of the enthusiasm I had. And I'll also admit that being a Red Sox fan, this season is going to be tougher than in years past. But I, I am excited to have something to put on at night every night. And um, I, I think the 60-game season is going to lead to some absolutely crazy things, like crazy playoff teams and stuff like that. So – I'm pretty excited for it. I'll say that. We're less than six days out, right? Yeah, we're recording on Saturday, the 18th. Mets and Yankees playing an exhibition game tonight. It's going to be fun. And I have to say, John, Mets Red Sox play the first full week of the season. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm excited. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to try and watch it with my dad over Zoom or in person. So, I mean, we're going to see what happens. The Red Sox got the Orioles to open up the regular season. So, you know, a barn burner of a competition to be the baseball season. Yeah, I just took the Orioles as an under earlier in the podcast, under 20 and a half win. I think I got a shot at that, John. Uh, I, I think it th- I think you're safe to say. Who do you take as an over, out of curiosity? I took the Mets as an over, 32 and a half. I took the Twins over 34 and a half, and the Reds over 31 and a half. I like the Reds pick. I like the Reds pick. I would have gone, I think the Padres are going to be a sneaky good team. That's my other team, if I had to pick one for an over. 
Yeah, I, I, they did not go in the draft. I'll go to Allen. That's Allen. You ready for the season? Even though I see you're sporting your Tigers stuff, so I know they have a long way to go though. But they should hey, be fun. It's a sixty-game season. Anything is possible. If the Tigers decide to just you know throw call up all their big prospects, who knows what could happen? I I'm excited just because baseball's back. I love it so much. And I really think anything can happen. I agree with John. The Padres are a team to watch. Uh, another fun team might be the Rockies this year who have cast every all-star from, I said cast, <laughs> who have signed and decided to let every all-star from 2010 to 2013 make their team. So that should be fun. And uh, there's a lot of nice little stories. I apologize. My cats are using the litter box right now. If, hey. That's what you yeah. hear, uh, yeah. but they're also excited for the season, so it should be good. Shout out to Alan's cats. Thank you. And also, we are on Zoom, so this is this is why you're hearing the cats in the background, stuff like that. It's also fun. We have four different fan bases on here. Sam's a Yankees fan. Sam, you ready for the go this season? Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Uh, interesting to see how all the players will, for uh, you know, turn up and stuff. Just yeah, really. Are you ready for tonight's exhibition game between the Mets and the yeah, Yankees? Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm going to turn it on at work and instead of doing my job, totally watch baseball. Yeah, I think – I don't know who the Mets are starting tonight. I know the Yankees, they are starting Michael King, so it's going to be nobody important in these games. But Did you just say Sir Michael Kane is starting for the Yankees tonight? <laughs> that would be a hell of a poll. Wow. Alfred, back I mean, at That would mean Chris Renault was in the dugout tonight. <laughs> By the way, Mike, I just want to say I really do think the Mets are going to win this shortened World Series, and I think you should be very proud when they do and not discredit it at all. Oh, thank you. I didn't even pick the Mets this year. I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series. Bold. I even said they probably win it. Yeah, I, if this is a year the Mets will win, this is the year the Mets will win. I do have some props, by the way. I did recently buy this Pete Alonzo jersey from the Met team store. I actually called him up, found a Twitter message, they had it on sale, got it sent over, and here we go, ready to go for the baseball season. <laughs> Before we dive into the draft, though, John, I want to point out something that you said last week on the podcast. That you said you had never heard of the game show Supermarket Sweep. Alan, any thoughts on this? I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm a little bit older, I believe, than John. So You were at the same yes. age. Really? Yes. Hey, I grew up without a childhood, though. I didn't watch Nickelodeon. I didn't watch Cartoon Network. I never watched any Disney Channel shows. Like, I, there's a cultural black hole from my childhood and teenage years. So anything that happens between the normal ages of 8 and 16, I just did not consume. So if it's anywhere in there, I just have no idea. You know, Alan, missing. Well, basically what you're missing is this odd fantasy that as we get a little older is even more cool. And that's you get to just run through the supermarket, buy, pick up certain items, and get more points, and you get higher dollar amounts, and you win the game. And but I always found it fascinating. Like if you think about it, you think, oh, I get the chance to run through a supermarket and pick up all these cool, cool items. But really, even today, if I was able to run through the supermarket for a minute and a half, I'd probably still just pick up what I liked. I wouldn't bother wasting my time getting all this stuff that I didn't care for like I don't need a giant ham every day of the week so I'd probably get like you know my snacks my go-to groceries and I'd probably finish before the time was up and the guy would be like well you lose the game and I'd be like yeah but I got all these groceries I wanted so it would be a win a win-lose I guess 
There's no worse anxiety though than going into a grocery store you don't know for the first time and trying to find everything. Like if you move, like I just moved to a new apartment, finding that new grocery store and trying to figure that out, impossible. It's there's so much anxiety. You just don't know where anything is. Yeah, but I bet so, if you had a minute and a half to just run wild, it'd be better than just sitting there because you wouldn't have time to think and get and get overwhelmed. They just say go and you go and you do your best. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I'm also very fast. So that would help me with the minute and a half thing. Buzz through every single aisle. So how do you think John would do on Supermarkets Week? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I feel the anxiety, but also sometimes anxiety pushes the like, envelope and you can like really go like ape shit basically so i think you would do pretty well because i understand that anxiety feeling i couldn't find cream cheese and i just walked out without it and i like cried when i got home because i didn't have cream cheese and i was too worried to ask and you know too like oh my god i shouldn't ask somebody for this so i feel that one but honestly i feel like you would win because i feel like you have a lot of um pop culture knowledge like they ask the questions a lot of pop culture stuff I don't know how, like, what's your, uh, what's your brand knowledge? My brand knowledge? I'm good with brand logos, but anything beyond that is a struggle. If you show me the brand logo, I could probably do okay. But otherwise, otherwise I'd be st stuck at the starting line. All right. Well, possibly, what about slogans? Are you good with slogans? If it's anything snack related, no, because I didn't grow up with snacks. My mom didn't believe in like Oreos, Chips Ahoy or Dunkaroos, or anything like that. The most exciting My mom would totally get along. <laughs> I mean, yeah, knowing your dad, too, the health, the health nut. Like it's oh, he was the one who would, uh, he would sneak me M&Ms and Reese's. We would go to the <laughs> vending machines, and he'd be like, what do you want? <laughs> I, would, okay. I would trade my entire lunch for a Dunkaroos. Speaking of the props, I do have Dunkaroos here. They actually are back in circulation. Oh my God, Mike actually has Dunkaroos. That is insane. He actually has Dunkaroos next to his computer. I'm yeah, they got these like a week ago. So I was like, you know what? You brought Dunkaroos. Here they are, Dunkaroos. Which flavor frosting? It's the, uh, the vanilla frosting with rainbow sprinkles. Very nice. You, you got to go with the original classic. I can't eat them now, so I'm forever yeah. with Dunkaroos. Yeah, and I think, John, also my other question for you would be, like, how do you with grocery prices? That would also help you in this game. Well, I'm no Barney Stinson. I never practice for the prices right. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty good. I think I'm actually all right at, at the pricing thing. I'd be okay at, the, at guessing how much something costs. There are very few times where I'm actually blown away. It's more so with clothes. I don't know how much how clothing costs. A pair of shorts can cost $10, or it could be 75 and you couldn't tell me the difference. I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, so just to stank, I would recommend you check the show out on Netflix. There's 15 episodes up on there right now. It's a very, it's a very 90s trip, all the 90s fashion. The host, David Ruprecht, really looks like a grocery store manager. It's a literal insanity, very corny. If you're watching a very dark, depressing movie, it's a good palate cleanser afterwards. As I watched a dark, depressing movie yesterday, so I, I do need a palate cleanser. Yeah, and it also, also makes 1993 look like 1983 for some reason. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Especially when you see all the contestants dress, you'll be like, oh my God, Stanko's going to like, this is clothing is awful. Listen, I grew up on Kmart clothes until I was about 20 years old. So yeah. in any sense of clothing or fashion, I have zero of. Yeah, there's also a reboot coming this fall at ABC. Leslie Jones is hosting it, so that's going to be absolute insanity. She'll, she'll be a good host. She's, she's animated. She'll be a really good host, actually. 
Yeah, I've talked about it off the air with Sam. We have to agree that she will lose her mind when people are springing to the supermarket for the big sweep. Oh, yeah. Really pushing them to go get the item. Like, I could just see yeah. her screaming at them. Like, go! Yeah. All right, since we wasted about like 10 minutes on supermarket sleep, let's actually get to why we're here. We'll do the baseball movie draft. How this is going to work. We have a pool of movies to pick from. So every theatrical release ever put out there. So anything that made the theaters is in, in the pool. Anything from HBO made the pool. So shout out to Ross Greenberg, if, who's not listening to this. You can pick 61 if you want to pick 61. Anything on PBS, anything for 30 for 30s, ESPN stuff. So John Stanko, you can pick four nights in October if you want. We'll see. We'll see what, we'll see what the, the dice rolls out. And the draft order was randomized. It's a snake draft, four rounds. The order is right now, I did this online a couple of days ago. The first pick goes to Sam. Uh, I, got, oh. <laughs> I got the second pick. John has the third pick. Alan has the fourth. We will go, and then we'll snake back and forth. So Alan will go four or five, and we'll just kind of go snake back around until we're done. Sam will have the first and the last picks in this draft. So since you are really, first, Sam. Oh, I really hope I don't get stuck with the man from left field with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> that's a that's a poll. Alan is terrified that his first round draft pick that everyone knows he loves is going to be gone by the time he gets by the time it gets to him. No doubt about it. Yeah, Alan gave away his strategy last week. We'll we'll see how far he gets. So Sam, you're up first. Where are you going with your first pick? Well, it's a, a surprising pick because I bet you nobody had this on their list, and if you did. Friendship points. Um, I'm going with bench warmers. That oh. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm throwing up on the screen. Good. It's a delicious movie that is meant to be thrown up on. That's literally <laughs> in my. I would never draft this category. I would rather have I three movies. Love this movie. You don't like the part where he's like, I'm five. <laughs> I, I despise that movie. That movie I, is. Love that movie. <laughs> At least we know now me and Sanko will have completely different picks for movies. That's terrible. You could have gotten that was the last pick. Last pick. Yo, but because, and then, because I thought, uh, Podcast World, that we were doing characters. So I was like, oh, I'll just draft Gus because Gus is probably like the best overall player for all the positions. And no, I'll we see what we it's great. It's great. I I thoroughly enjoy my pick. So that's how I feel about that one. Okay, so Sam, give me the 30-second pitch. Why Bench Warmers number one? Why Bench Warmers? Uh, first of all, it's a funny movie. <laughs> I think there are people out there who would agree with me. Um, everyone chime in if you agree. Uh, so it's a funny movie. Uh, it's like a stupid baseball movie, which is always nice. Like, yeah, you can get into the serious stuff like uh, what we were talking about with Field of Dreams. So it's like, you know, opposite end. Also, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I was younger. And I think, you know, I don't know. I like, I love it. And I'm going to stick back to my guns on it. Yeah. The look on Stanko's face when that pick was made was just literally gold. It's like, oh, what? Yeah, he's definitely getting negative friendship points for that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can like their own types of movies. I get it. I, I'm not... It's just, I, it's not even anywhere close to my list. It's literally probably at the bottom. So I also go the, for the sleeper, the sleeper movies. So, Stanka, what is the grade on Benchwarmers? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I didn't even look up my grade for it because it was so bad. I think I gave it like a D or D minus. I genuinely like despise that movie. I just don't think it's funny. I also don't like cringe humor. And that movie is all horrendous, awkward cringe. And it's just, oh, no, it's... 
not a fan. But hey, listen, everyone has their own types of movies, and I, I respect it. I just don't. I just don't agree with it. I can respect it, but I don't agree with it. Alan, any thoughts on bench warmers? Well, Stanko has a funny way of showing respect for the pick. Um, <laughs> I will. I have no problem with bench warmers. I'm. I'm a Sandler guy. I don't care how stupid some of the movies are. So it's almost like not. He can do no wrong, but he gets a pass. Like obviously, I'm not going to sit here and defend the ridiculous six ever because it's a terrible movie. But something like the bench warmers, I will watch if it's on. I have no problem with the bench warmers. I love those guys. So I, I I'm fine with the pick. I don't know about number one, but I'm fine with the pick. Yeah. You're just sit here to say go and tell me that the scene with the porta potty is not so funny. Oh, because there's a there's a better baseball movie with a better porta potty scene. Fine, but it's a funny scene. It's like who did this? I use that all the time in my daily life. That quote. I, I'm gonna. My brother and I might have some weird humor, <laughs> but we do it all the time. I need, to, I need to follow the rule. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. So I'm gonna stop talking. Well, you can say that with me. I don't care. <laughs> now I have a question, Stanko. The funnier porta potty scene. Of course, you're talking about that scene in Cobb when Cobb goes rolling down the hill in a porta potty. Correct. That's from Bad, yeah, from Bad News Bears. Yeah. So, okay, I, think yeah. Both, I think both Bad News Bears movies are better than Benchwarmers. <laughs> and the Yards will have a chance to weigh in. We are going to do a Twitter poll because we were going to put up the results here of this draft. We'll see who thinks they had the best class of movies. So, the Benchwarmers <laughs> fans might be flocking to sand here. I lose. <laughs> All right. So, I'll go up next. I pick number two. I'm going to break Alan's heart here. I'm going to do what my buddy Phil said last night when we did the over-unders. Feel the dreams. Pick number two on the baseball movie draft. This is just an all-time classic. Sam and I talked about it last week. This was a lot of fun, and I love this movie. All-time iconic moments, great lines. James Earl Jones, the star of the movie. Feel the dreams, number two, lock it in there. Alan, I'll go to you since I see you're very disappointed. Well, you took my uh, first pick, which... I'm very heartbroken about because it's not often that your favorite film of all time in any category fits the bill of the mock draft you're doing and you just took it. You just, you, it's more like field of broken dreams for me right now. So why don't you go gloat? And I appreciate your pick. Stanko, field of dreams. I love field of dreams. I have no, no qualms about this. The scene with Kevin Costner at the end, going with his dad, tears, just, James Earl Jones being legendary. I have no problems with Field of Dreams. Only good things to say about it. What was your grade on it? I think I gave it a B plus. Oh my much. God. You're the grade. What are you, a Harvard grad school like, graduate a, a program professor? I'm a very harsh grader. I, I gave it a B plus. Now granted, I probably haven't seen it in two or three years, but that was from the last time I saw it when I started doing my list, I gave it a B plus. That's what I remember, so. Yeah, she gave it a B plus and we did the movie a couple of weeks ago. So you two are simpatico on that movie. There we go. All right. We, we're back to even with friendship points. <laughs> you lose well, you lost some with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Alan is dropped his Stanko stock a little bit. Stanko is up right now. So where are you going with your first pick, John? I'm going to my childhood. I'm going to one of my favorite childhood movies, going with The Sandlot. Oh, my God. My other one. I think <laughs> movies, Alan. That's why I did that. <laughs> I, the Sandlot for me epitom epitomizes the love of the game as a child. Uh, I resonate with the the loner kid needing to find an identity, and he finds it through baseball and sports. I resonate with that fact. Um, I think the whole movie is just a, a, an incredible homage to the innocence that baseball can bring. You can't get more American than the firework display and playing baseball with the home run. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, you throw ball like a girl. I use that quote all the time. Um, yeah, the Sandlot, childhood, put in a movie form with baseball. Absolutely love it. Sam, thoughts on the Sandlot? I mean, it's a great movie. I'm not going to disagree. I like thoroughly love it. It's given one of the best, one of the best movie quotes ever. You're killing me, Smalls. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you know what I mean? There's no, you can't like disagree that it's not a great movie. Um, you know, any, any, uh, what is that? Clothing store produced a whole line of uh, Sandlot themed clothing, which is pretty cool too. So I like it. I, I try to watch it once a year around this time, around July 4th for the fireworks scene. It's like a little you know, habit I do, so, or tradition, not habit. This is what happens when you film at 9.53 in the morning. My words are <laughs> not formed yet. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like, you know, I'll watch, I'll sit through The Sandlot too as well, just because of The Sandlot, the original. <laughs> Alan, well, John loses his mind. Give me your thoughts on The Sandlot. I low-key just said that because I knew it was gonna make Stinko <laughs> give a face. The Sandlot is one of my favorite films of all time. I believe I was the age of 11 and I made a point to watch it every day during summer vacation from school. And I, I think I did a good, I think I watched 80% of the days of summer vacation. If the Sandlot's on in front of me, I can do every line verbatim as it goes. So I'm a huge fan of the Sandlot. And really the only scene in it that I didn't like as a kid is the chase scene towards the end because I always found stuff like that really stupid and goofy, like the cake go flying in the air. But everything other than that is perfection in my mind. Yeah, John, thanks for rejoining us after you fade out of the screen there after, the, after Sam's love of Sandlot too. So what was the grade on Sandlot for you? Like I'll, I've watched it like once, but I yeah. had to say I knew he would hate that movie. So yeah. <laughs> points for me. <laughs> it doesn't exist. None of the Sandlot sequels exist. They're just, they're banned from the movie universe. What was the grade on Sandlot 1? I gave it an A. I loved it. I loved yeah. the Sandlot. It's childhood put in movie form for me. So nothing, nothing but fun memories. All right. So Stankos is on the board at the Sandlot. Alan, you're finally up. You get two picks in a row. So where are you going with your first one? Well, I have to decide if I think I'm going to go with like the most classic movie or, or, you know, go the Sam route and just pick what I like the best. I think I'm going to do a mix of the two. So with my first pick, the fourth overall selection. I'm going with A League of Their Own. That was going to be my next pick, Alan, so that's a great pick. What did you give it, a C plus? No, I think I gave it a B plus. Oh, gosh. Uh, League of Their Own is a phenomenal film. It covers a topic that, you know, I think has only really ever been covered in this one movie, which is the idea of the Women's Baseball League and Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, I can't remember the actress who plays Kit off the top of my head, but just phenomenal across the board. And I really love it from start to finish. The scene with John Lovitz towards the beginning where he tells him, don't eat the grass is one of my favorite lines, not to mention there's no crying in baseball. So it's just a true classic in and out of the baseball sphere. So I go with a league of their own. I'll go to you, Stan, because you had good things to say about a league of their own. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie. Uh, there's no crying in baseball. That was literally said to me when I was a kid whenever I'd get upset about a loss. And my parents would go, remember, there's no crying in baseball. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing but good things, good things to say about this movie. I think, I mean, you got the talented Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, too, just thrown in there. And they actually were good in their roles. And they weren't, like, stealing the spotlight from, like, the genuinely talented Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. So, again, nothing but positive things to say about this movie. It was probably going to be my next pick. So that's a solid pick, Alan. 
Thank you. Sam, anything on Field of Dreams? Uh, I mean, I'm not Field Dreams League of Their Own. I'm, so, I can see you guys having to be at 9.55 in the morning. See, there we go. I know this is actually like one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Um, as a Transformers like, first before this? Yeah, I have to go with like what I like, buddy. <laughs> well, I know you guys are all going to pick all the classics. So what do I do? I come with the sleeper movies. <laughs> but A League of Their Own is like one of my all-time favorite movies, like hands down. Um, you know, I don't, you know, as like a woman, you don't really get women baseball except for this movie. Um, I've always wanted to play baseball. I'm sure I've said that a few times on this lovely podcast, but um, I stunk at softball. And I would probably stink at baseball, but I like to pretend that I wouldn't. Um, but it's one of my, it's, it's like so quotable, everything. Um, I love the storyline between the sisters, um, you know, that whole journey and stuff. And it's just like an unspoken part of, you know, our history as Americans. Indeed. Good way to put it. Let's go back to Alan for his next pick. Alan, where are you going? Number five. I'm really torn here. I'm really, really torn, but I'm giving the edge to one that I think I not appreciate. I have been affected by meaning pop culture wise, stuff like that. I'm going to go with major league. Major league. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you mad at my late round picks chosen am, totally man. randomly? Okay. My number two and my number three. But I mean, I can't be angry because it's a great movie. Major League One. Uh, although I like the other two because, like I said, they're part of my childhood. Major League One's the best film of the three. And I think it's the only one that should qualify for this draft personally. So I go with Major League One. Rick Wilding Vaughn, uh, the Tom Berenger storyline just everything about this movie the line in the beginning with the manager where he's like you want to come manage the indians he's like i got a guy about white walls on the other line give me a second just every bit about this comedic film from start to finish like i said about uh, the other movies is just top notch in my opinion sorry i'm not good at articulating at the moment major league one is on my draft board sam any thoughts on major league um, I was on my list as well. I love this movie. I love, oh, what's his face? Um, Willie Mays Hayes, that whole quote. <laughs> um, but that whole scene where he's just like running and they're like, get out of here. And then like, he just like runs really fast and they're like, who is that guy? Um, I just thought it was great. I like actually didn't see this movie until a couple years ago. I don't, it just wasn't free on my TV kind of deal. Um, but I'm really happy I watched it like two years ago I think I think I started watching it when we were doing all that like documentary film I'm like let's watch Major League so I don't know I thoroughly thought it was really funny I have not seen any of the sequels though John Major League your thoughts I, I think I already I expressed my frustration when he when Alan picked it but it's just a really it's a really funny movie Wild Things hilarious uh, Willie Mays Hayes, I'm like him where if I hit the ball in the air and I'm, and I'm playing softball, I want to do push-ups to punish myself right away because I should never be doing that. So I, I love this movie from start to finish. So phenomenal pick. I was going to say, like, now that John's playing softball, I have to ask you, are you put, doing push-ups you put the ball in the air now? I'll do push-ups when I get home to punish myself. I will. I will, I will be angry at myself. Hit the ball down and hard, Stankle, down and hard. Alan, you got something to say? Uh, I just want to point out that as a kid, especially the logo of the film on the box and on the poster, I always like thought it was the coolest thing. So I was like, I always, as a kid, I couldn't really watch it because it was 
uh, more mature, but I remembered the logo. So I never lost sight of wanting to see this movie because I thought it was like the coolest logo as a kid. And I know on the football side, Necessary Roughness kind of tried their own version of that logo, but it was the major league one that stuck out to me as a kid. I thought it was the coolest thing. All right, there we have Major League on the board. John Stanko back up for his second pick. John, where are you going? I'm going with probably the most, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's well-made, but critically acclaimed and award-winning baseball movie going Moneyball 2011. Ooh, that's uh, a good one. Starring Brad Pitt, obviously Jonah Hill, written by Aaron Sorkin. I remember watching this movie, and I, I was wondering if like a baseball movie could generate – national buzz make money and get awards at the same time i hadn't really seen that before but this movie did it brad pitt is the epitome of cool you got some big names in this who kind of play smaller parts like uh like they're not the focal point brad pitt is the center of this movie and he's great in it um and this is kind of it's a story of baseball that you don't see very often like a league of their own showed the women's baseball league this one shows the behind the scenes of general managers the scouts and stuff like that just shows a different aspect of it that i loved um, so yeah, I'm going Moneyball with my second pick. I am very partial to Moneyball because as you guys know, I have, I did steal scenes from Moneyball in my personal documentary when they're talking about the advanced analytics. I love the scenes when he's basically trying to coach up the guys to believe in stuff. I love also the line when they're going up to Chris Pratt's character, trying to teach him how to play first, first base and Brad Pitt as Billy Bean goes, watch, tell him how to play first base is not hard and watch goes. It's really hard. And then everybody just – I just burst out laughing. Everybody in the PR with just burst out laughing at that line. Sam, any thoughts on Moneyball? No, I really liked it. Um, I liked that it was, like, you know, based on a true story. And, you know, baseball uses exactly what that is today. So, it's just, like, really cool to see how, like, one guy just changed the entire face of how everything's draft, how everything's run in baseball. Alan, Moneyball, any, any feelings on it? I like Moneyball. I think it's a little hard to palette for non-sports or baseball fans generally, but as a sports and baseball fan, to see uh, the production that went into it, like John said, all the names behind it, it's really, really high quality and well done. Yeah, and, and John, what was your grade on Moneyball? They gave it a B-plus as well. A lot of B-plus in the baseball movie range. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's hard to get that, that A barrier, but again, it was very good and it was very well acted and just I love the fact that it was critically acclaimed and it got love and it got like baseball was shown in the spotlight of the Academy Awards, which I don't think has happened very often in movie history. Okay, so Moneyball's on the board. I, I just want to say I also like that Moneyball is one of those films that doesn't use like the World Series or some huge game as like right. the end, yeah. the big scene. It's just more right. grounded in realism. And I like that. Good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I will say I like that movie. I was high on my list. I have a couple ways I can go for my next pick. I know I have one on the list that could definitely trigger Stanko at some point, so I'm saving that one for later. But I'm going to double down the costume here. I'm going to go Bull Durer with my next pick, uh, number seven here. And I love this movie. It's a complete polar opposite of Field of Dreams, where it's basically about, like, you know what it's about. It's about the kid, the minor league veteran, the, the minor league town, the just the trails of baseball, and Kevin Costner mentoring Nuke Belouche to get him to say all the cliches, go and become a big leaguer, the payoff at the end when he makes the bigs and he's quoting word for word what Costner said, great stuff, great lines throughout the movie. I always love Bull Durham. Bull Durham, doubling down on Kevin Costner with my pick. Alan, any thoughts on Bull Durham? I like Bull Durham. I, I, I um, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I don't, 
I, I, the only problem for me with Bull Durham is I've never seen the whole thing in a single sitting. I've seen all of it in different parts throughout the years. So I can't say that I sat down and appreciated it from start to finish, just in all honesty. So that's, that's where I'm standing on that. Sam, any feeling on Bull Durham? Um, I feel like it's a, it's like a low key sad just for the fact that, you know, you, you like are in the minors for so long and you might not ever even get a chance to be up in the majors or you're up in the majors for a couple games and you're brought back down. Like, that's all I think about. Cause that's what I think about the poor guys in the minors. Like they might, that's, it could be their entire career. So like, that's what I take away from that movie, honestly. But, um, other than that, it's very entertaining. Yeah, I agree with that point. Based on my experience last year, I worked for the independent league team in Rockland. I see a lot of these guys who 99.9% of them are not going to ever get into, like, the major leagues, and they're, like, playing for the love of the game. That stuff, like, really resonates with me. There's guys who they're not, they know they're not going to make the show. They're playing as long as they can play because they love to play. John, you're great on Bull Durham. Let me honest with you, I haven't seen it. Really? So, I can't give you a grade. I haven't seen Bull Durham. Uh, so... I'm surprised. I've heard good things about it. It's just in, in, in all transparency, I've never seen it. It was not on my list. So I, I can't give you a grade. I'm surprised that you didn't go, go there. Minus for him. I bet you you're going to give it a B minus. All right. I'll let you know what like, I, I love quality movies. Don't get me wrong. Don't let these bench warmer and probably like my next pick you'll probably make fun of um, get you wrong. But like I know a good quality movie when I see it. <laughs> I wish you would stand behind your bench warmers pick. Oh, I, Don't throw I, it under the bus now. I did not throw it under the bus. I told you, I'm sticking to my guns. I still enjoy that movie, but I know a really great movie. Like, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I really think that's going to be your grade for Bull Durham. Okay. We'll see if that comes true. Speaking of Sam's next pick, she's up for it now. First of two, where are you going with your next one? First of two. So this is my second and last pick. Second, yes, two, your second pick and the third pick. You oh, have the okay. last Just overall pick. Background. All right, all right. So yeah. then I'll start with this one. Uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Classic. Tell me you did not enjoy that as a kid, Stanko. I, is this the one where he's on the Cubs? Yep. Yeah, and he puts his arm I in a free not, I was not a big fan of this movie. Why? I, it, didn't, it didn't, I think I saw this later than I saw The Sandlot. So I think that innocence I had when I first saw The Sandlot, it was gone a little bit. So then seeing this, it did not have the same emotional impact as, as the Sandlot did. I was I, just saying, it was so Like, I understand how this movie can be, like, a huge impact in one's, like, life. I get it. Uh, but it, for me, it is just not, it's not the same resonance. Well, you really missed out because... It was such a good movie when you were younger. It really made me love the Cubs back when I was like five or six years old. And I watched it like we used to watch it in class. Like even in class, we would watch it. Now this, is the, this is the one where the, the big slugger has like he's chewing tobacco coming out of him like inches. Oh yeah, what the yep. heck is his name? Oh my God. Name, he was a great villain. Like he looked like a WWE wrestler in the box. Like he just... The epitome of evil was was that batter. It was great. It taught like great lessons about how you're, you know, you might be like famous, but like your friends come first, and it's like a great like you know education thing. You really missed out. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say that that movie does trigger you because they made the Mets the bad guy team, and like of all the Cubs rivals, why the friggin' Mets are the bad team? Like, you couldn't make it a Cardinal player, you couldn't make it like a Pirate. Like, why the Mets? 
Well, like, this was came out in 93, so the person probably got the idea probably around 86 or something. They're like, the, the Mets, like, the bad guys, you know? Yes, yeah, so they made him, fa- so they made the villain fat Keith Hernandez? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Alan, any thoughts on Rookie of the Year? Oh, I love it. It has a very big, special place in my heart. I saw it very young. I saw, you know, and even as I got older, I'd rewatch it and I liked it. I loved all the jokes where the manager mispronounces his names. Daniel Stern, who I believe directed the movie, is like stuck as the pitching coach in the pitching cage. All of it. I just loved. And it, it as a kid, I, I wound up following the illustrious career of one Thomas Ian Nicholas onto the American Pie movies and maybe a Halloween movie. But other than that, love Rookie of the Year, and uh, I, I give it a thumbs up. It's, one, it's probably my favorite movie of all time. Therefore, on the Stanko scale, I'm giving it a C-. minus. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the Stanko scale Rookie of the Year? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think it's probably in like the C or C plus range. If I had to, if I had to go through, it's probably C or C plus. Like again, it's not bad. I get it. It just, it didn't gut punch me. Like it's, I understand what it's there for. Just for me, it didn't connect the same way. You mean, you, you mean you get the feels when the kid pulled off the hidden ball trick once he lost his ability to throw hard? No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. No, I didn't. <laughs> Stanko again proving that he has a black heart at times. Ask many of my friends that, and they'll agree with you. Oh, While we're on the topic of the bad guy from the Mets, I think he's a good one because he would grind the bat while he was at bat. And the, the bat would like, <laughs> it would splinter and like become a pencil sharpener. But I think if we're going to cut away best comedic baseball bad guy, I think Jack Parkman from Major League Two is elite. I think he is a stellar comedic baseball movie bad guy. I think he is a stellar. I think he's actually a very funny movie bad guy. He's very cartoonish. He fits the tone of that movie that, as a bad guy. And he's so hateable, they trade him to a division rival in the middle of a race, a pennant race. Yeah, there. Yeah. so we'll close the book on Rookie of the Year. Sam, you have another pick. So where are you going for number nine overall? A little play on, you know, like a word here. Um, I picked this one. It was um, a big family movie in my life. You can judge me and then judge my uh, old man. Um, But we love to watch The Rookie, um, the 2002. I think it's the Disney movie. I don't know if any, if Stanko like absolutely hates this movie. I think it. Dennis Quaid, I'm a fan. Love Dennis Quaid. Um, But this was like a really, like a movie we'd all sit and watch together. So it that um, him try going to the major leagues, you know, as an adult kind of deal or trying out to be um, in the majors and stuff. But it was like, it's like really cute and stuff. I don't know. I like it. I'm sticking by the rookie with Dennis Quaid. It, I had it very high on my list. I had it number seven on my power rankings. I did love this movie as a kid. I love the story of the uh, science teacher discovering that he could make the major leagues. I, I like the sequence there. They kept it true to life. He gets up the big league, strikes out Royce Clayton and, and, and in a game. That's the highlight of the movie. And I do think a lot of fun, very underrated. And, and the kids steal the show. I love his kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just nice that, like, you know, with his high school, like, team, that they, like, they both pushed each other to do better. And it's just really, I don't know, it's heartwarming, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Al, any thoughts on the, on the rookie? Mike, only you would steal my Royce Clayton bit before I could get a chance <laughs> to say it. So 
I saw it. I saw it once, probably right after it came out, and I remember thinking that was good, but it didn't ever hold any like special place in my soul. So it's good, sure. I, I wouldn't draft it per se. Uh, John, great on the rookie, and and your thoughts on the pick. I think I think I have it as a B plus. I'm gonna be honest. I think this came at a time when I was started watching movies and like religiously, and I think I really enjoyed the story. I think with Sam again. Sometimes Disney can do it right, and they, I think they did it right with the rookie. Yeah, so for one, a, a very praiseworthy pick for Sam from Stanko, which is a bit unusual so far. I'm speechless. <laughs> and we see the two diverging strategies in your drafts as well, so it's actually very fun seeing them play out. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a special one, the yeah. Sam Goza. Yeah, we'll, hope, we'll see how the general audience feels. They put this poll on Twitter and see how they view these drafts. But I'm up next for my next pick. I'm actually going to go non-theatrical for the first time in this draft. I'm going to go to the PBS. I'm going to take Ken Burns' baseball as my third baseball movie just because I'm a history nut. I love the history of the game. Ken Burns does it so well. The first nine innings are great. It tells you a great story. I know it's a very long watch. You have to have a lot of time committed to this. But if you have – like, this is a pandemic time. Perfect time to go back and watch the history of baseball. Ken Burns' is baseball, pick number three. And I almost guarantee you, Josh, I go, not have a grade for this. Uh, no, because I don't have – as much as I love movies, this is like, what, an eight-hour watch, nine-hour watch? Like, I think I it's a double bet. Like, that's, that's a long time, Mike. That's – Yeah. That's, that's like you watch – you, you watch that basically one a day for, like, two weeks, and then you're, then you're there. That's – I mean, listen, I, I, I've only heard good things about it. It's critically acclaimed, and I get it. Ken Burns is one of the best to do it, but I have not, I have not seen this. Alan, did you ever d- dive down the well of Ken Burns' baseball? I've seen a couple, not the entirety, but I will say that I would have been – if I were you, I think I could have got this later in the draft. I think I, I think I reached to take Ken Burns' baseball, and it's not a knock on its quality. I just think in a baseball movie draft, it's not the flashiest pick, and I think you could have gotten it later on. Yeah, well, I feel good about the – I had the the Costner duo up top. I feel like this is actually my number three on the board is Ken Burns' baseball. I've seen the entire thing. So, you know what, like, let me grab it here because I don't know who's seen it. So, let me make sure I get it because I don't pick again until, like, 15. I'll tell you what, the audience for our poll on Twitter, I don't think many of them have seen it either. So, yeah. this is this is a special. Yeah. And hey, if they have the seen it, you deserve to win that poll. Yeah. <laughs> I had the Costner duo, though, backing me up. Though. That's going to be a good start for the poll. You're putting a lot of yeah. eggs in the Costner basket. Why not? He's, he's known for his baseball movies. Sam, any thoughts on the Ken Burns? Have you seen any of it? Um, I've probably seen, like, one part because he always yeah. has a million parts. Um, it's like, you know, because it's not readily available, yeah. right? Is it secretly not- on the streaming service? I- I don't know. I, I know I actually do have the DVDs at my house. I have all of them. Okay, well, maybe I'll borrow so, it and, and purchase a DVD player. Um, but, you know, it sounds interesting. I love documentaries. I've watched them all day. So maybe I will add that to my queue, my imaginary yeah. queue here. You can insert yeah. a graphic right there. Yeah. Mike, did you have yeah, to buy but- a separate bookshelf just to hold all the DVDs? <laughs> it, I had, like, actually the bookshelf, it's not, it's in the back of this room, and I will say the, I have, remember back the, I go to Ikea day, I found these metallic Ikea check marks that hang on the wall and they hold DVDs. I have two of them and the Ken Burns ones are right up there. Is those the DVDs that look like they're falling off the wall right now? <laughs> nope, they are securely on the wall. 
And the offer stands, Andy, if you want to see it, I have a DVD that will happily socially distancely, socially distance style deliver them if you guys want to watch it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. He was jumping at that opportunity. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody has that much free time. No. <laughs> Not even in quarantine. Not even in quarantine. All right. So, John, we'll go back to you. You have the next traditional movie here. So where are you going here? This is where it gets the interesting of like, do I take something I love or do I take something that's kind of critically acclaimed? And I think I'm going to take one that's going to surprise the people. Well, I'm going to take 61. Um, I, even as not a Yankee fan, I thought this movie was exceptionally good. Like, I thought it was just incredibly well done. I think it showed a different, I didn't know a ton about the race to break Babe Ruth's record between Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. And while this is like a fictionalized story, not a documentary, I still think it shed some light on it. Um, directed by Billy Crystal, which is really cool. Um, also, I think Barry Pepper is a really good actor, and I think he's I think he shines in this role as Roger Maris. So, I, I remember watching this movie. I think I watched it for a class at Iona, a part of the grad school program. And usually, movies that you get shown in class aren't that great, but this is one of the ones where I was like, oh wow, this is actually incredibly well done and very good. So, I'm gonna pick 61, the, the HBO film, uh, from with my third pick. And what was your grade on that? Uh, B plus. Yeah, right, right on brand. Right on brand. I have an A in my the Sandlot. The Sandlot's an A. Yeah. But I will point out also, friends of the podcast, Ross Greenberg did this movie. Fantastically well done. And you want to go back to last year's holiday special. He has some good stories about 61, if you want to check that out. Sam, any thoughts on 61? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've, you know, I grew up as a Yankees fan, knowing the um, Mantle Maris uh, race. Uh, but I didn't realize how much hate uh, Maris actually got from fans, which I think is a little type for uh, Yankees fans, some of them, like a group of them. Uh, but it's ridiculous because they're on the same team. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, I couldn't believe that people who were Yankees fans absolutely would like yell at him and like, you know, send them death threats that if he broke it, like they would kill him and his family and stuff, which is nuts to me. I would agree with that. That's a little crazy about what happened back in the 60s. Alan, any thoughts on 61? I remember as a kid, it was like the first adult-themed baseball movie that I ever saw that was a drama. You know, it's not like adult elements in Major League or something like that. I remember this being like the first serious adult baseball movie I ever watched, and I was definitely very into it. I remember all the, the scenes of uh, Barry Pepper, like, discovering his hair falling out and just every little aspect of it I thought was so well done I thought the performances were great it's the first thing I ever saw Thomas Jane in it's the first thing I ever saw Barry Pepper in because I think they were relatively low-key at the time like obviously Barry Pepper had been in Saving Private Ryan and whatnot but they had not been household names so to speak and I was just like these guys are great and another one like Thomas and Nicholas were ever since I like followed their careers so many much different tracks for the two of them. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely loved 61. Yeah, it was a good pick by John there. I liked, I had like right in the next row of movies on the board. So good job there. Alan, you're up for your next pick. Where are you going? All right. It's stuck. It was one that I was thinking about taking. It, it never got taken. It's a classic. I'm taking pride of the Yankees. I like that pick. The story, of course, yeah. Lou Gehrig, played by Gary Cooper. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth, everything. The movie itself is very 
cool like obviously it's a sad story but it takes uh i think it i think it mixes the real footage or at least casts the people who are really there to recreate the footage something in that realm but it's it's a heartbreaking story and it's a really really quality good film john any thoughts on pride of the yankees i have not seen it as a red sox fan i think i have put this one on the back burner to <laughs> crazy emergency so i have not seen pride of the yankees Sam, you see Pride of the Yankees. Oh, man, a really long time ago. I think I watched it with my grandma. Like, a really long time ago. I think she had it on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you're just, like, little, you don't fully understand. You know what I mean? I was really little, like, when she moved down to Florida. Um, but I'm not too sure. But it has Babe Ruth in it. I feel like, you know, like, those little, like, feelings. Like, your brain synapses working. Yeah. Trying to remember things. Um, but it's definitely on my list of things to rewatch uh, for this summer. I'll help you out. I've actually seen this movie. So I will say I agree with your take. It's a good story. It's a great job being acted by Gary Cooper. Babe Ruth in it, I does think enhance the product a little bit because, like, yes, he's not a great actor, but he does add a little realism to it. I did love his scenes in it, and I love this movie when I watched it. So yeah, where, any great. more you want to add to it? I uh, know I'm good for now. What did it get on the grandma scale, Sam? Grandma scale? I don't know. I'm gonna have to give her a call up. <laughs> yeah, probably a B plus. If she really loved it, probably a B plus. I don't know. She um she used to um fun fact about my grandma. She is she just turned ninety six. That's my dad's mom. And she, when she was little, she grew up in Urshel. A lot of Yankees lived in Urshel at the time. Um, and she would like go out and he would like play with the neighborhood kids. And so she's like had like I don't know if a catch or hopscotch with like Lou Gehrig which I thought was really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. So she was just, yeah. she didn't know it because she was so young at the time, but she low-key knew Lou Gehrig from, not personally, but as a child. Okay. So next up, Alan, you are on the boards. Your final pick of the draft. Where are you going? Now, I don't know what to do here. I really don't know what to do. Uh, I want to take a movie that I love. I think it's hilarious, but it's probably not the safer pick in terms of, overall greatness and then the other one is a classic so i just took a classic so i think i'm going to self do some fan service for myself and with my last pick i'm going to take basketball <laughs> <laughs> you guys okay for the non for the people who are not watching on this you will not be watching this stream on it's josh that goes burst into the laughter and was rolled back in his couch and i think i made out of the box that's that's good. I like that. That's out of the box. I got nothing but praise for that pick. Yeah, so, Alan, the, ba the basketball pick, go. One of my favorite comedies, uh, of course, Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, teaming up with the, the team that brought you Airplane and the Naked Gun. So, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's, it's a baseball meets basketball movie, and it's a game that me and my friends have played many times ourselves, not to the success that is in the movie, but it's just joke after joke. And I love that kind of off the wall slapstick meets just ridiculous humor that South Park is. And they bring it to this movie and it's really funny. It's a really insider sports movie too, if you're paying attention. And I think there's just so much in there. That's just, it catches your eye. I love that movie. I think it's so, so funny. And I think the team who made it is just top notch. Uh, Sam, I feel like there's one that would come out of your playbook, the basketball. I actually have never seen this movie. 
so I feel like I, you know, like, I feel like I'm, like, not contributing at all, um, but it's, like, something that, like, you know, like, when you're looking for something to watch, you're, like, oh, maybe next time, maybe next time, so I'll definitely have to, like, join in here and appreciate Alan's pick more. I will say there are a couple jokes in the movie that don't necessarily hold up to 2020 standards of political <laughs> correctness. I like the bed warmers, so come on, do you think the little jokes are going to offend me? Not at all. <laughs> And you okay. said they, they did South Park? They, yeah. they made South Park, yes. Yeah, and, so that's, yeah. I've, I've seen the Book of Mormon. I feel like there's some, you know what I mean? Like, there's some standards I don't mind about kind of deal. Fair, fair John. point. Unless they're god-awful, then I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, god-awful, wouldn't that be the Book of Mormon's, like, yeah, playbook? Yeah. <laughs> All right, John, since you really have thoughts on basketball, I'll go to you. I mean, I just, I remember this is one of the first raunchy comedies I ever watched. And I watched this trailer nonstop when I first saw it. Going, like, this is the coolest movie of all time. And I think like Alan said, maybe it's not the best movie ever. And there are definitely some like, some pitfalls in the plot or like whatever, but it's a, it's a stupid comedy. And if you're going in there for a few raunchous laughs and some over the top humor, I think it gets the job done. So I didn't, like, I didn't even think to put this on the board. So I appreciate the ingenuity from Alan on this one. This is, it's a good pick. Did it get a B plus? <laughs> uh, it's probably in like the C plus B minus range. If I had to bet, going on my list, because again, it's not like if you look at it objectively, it's not a fantastically well made movie, but it's entertaining as all heck, and it's there are definitely some funny parts. All right, we go back to you, John. This is your last pick. So what are you gonna do with it? This is really tough. The, the, this is really tough. This I have options now. My first option now I want to say, but you're not gonna allow it. Would just be every single World Series winning DVD just to rewatch the highlights from <laughs> the season because I've been able to see more than a few of those in my lifetime for the Red Sox. Um, Ouch. I'm assuming that's not allowed. Um, and then just running through my thoughts, sticking with, and these are all going to be Red Sox themed for the most part. You got Four Nights in October, 30 for 30. I really loved just retelling that 2004 comeback was remarkable. Um, but I'm going to go with one that's kind of, I think, under the radar. It's still, we believe, the Boston Red Sox movie. And you guys probably haven't seen this. It was a really small documentary. But it was made, it was released in 2004, made about the 2003 season. And it follows fans through that season and through the ALCS and the heartbreaking Aaron Boone home run. And I remember watching this movie with my family and we related to all of these fans so much because they literally are just saying, these Red Sox are going to kill me. The heartbreak on their faces, the ups and downs of the whole entire series. It is what my childhood was. Now, I'm not even a grown adult, but I still resonated with these adults who were watching the 2003 series. And when it's my childhood was being chanted 1918 nonstop. Whenever the score was 1918 in basketball or football, it'd be chanted until the next person scored. So this movie, it touched back on that beat of childhood, but then also watching it now and getting to relive 2004, the greatest comeback in playoff history. I mean, now four games in the LCS. It's this movie was a touchstone for my family. I remember watching it with them. I remember laughing and crying with them watching it. The last time I, that's my fourth pick. Total respect there. Sam, I'm sure you haven't seen this, but any, what's your opinion on this pick? Um, I haven't seen it, um, but I do love like the, um, I mean, I wasn't happy when the Red Sox won the series in 04, but um, I really like when teams that haven't won in a long time win because you're like, oh, finally kind of deal. Like I was uh, – not when the Mets got knocked out, rooting for the Cubs. 
Um, but I think that's a really cool idea, though. It's by, filmed for, like, the fan, fans' experience. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's all through the fans. It's, they literally just interviewed fans, and it was centered around four or five major fans who are just big Red Sox fans. They watched every game, and they just sat their reaction after big moments. And it, the, after them, after Aaron Boone hits the home run, is some of the most relatable. You had some up and screaming. You had some just sullen and depressed. You had some just walk out and – it's it's just it's all incredibly relatable. You saw every different kind of sports fan showing their emotion in a different way, but they also have that same passion. And it shows that people can react to a loss or a win in so many different ways, but still have the same love for the team. That sounds like a good Allie, Allie, how do you feel about this pick? Back in when the movie was made, I was rooting for the Red Sox to overtake the Yankees. Um, that's back when the Red Sox were more likable underdogs and not the heel that they are now that they claim they're not <laughs> and so i'm thinking like well they're also they hated everything about the yankees correct yeah i'd yeah. ask everything about the they're yankees. essentially the yankees a little further north now so this is not true <laughs> it's boston teams right now bro you're on the wrong side of like popular you know what i mean it's just it's your patriots they just screwed everything over. Within the Red Sox, the what Red Sox have. have but everyone's annoyed the Red, that Boston the are the Yankees of football. That I will admit. That's fine. The Red Sox are not a heel of baseball. They are now, I, especially as a non-Yankee or Red Sox fan. I look at them and I just see them becoming everything they say they hated back in two thousand three. Really, the team that just traded away their best player because they're cheap. We're not spending money because we <laughs> trading away players so we don't have to. Claiming that now after Dave Dombrowski gave everybody a billion dollars is not necessarily. But again, we're not, we don't like tell people to shave their facial hair and to get a buzz cut every time. We let people show emotion. We let them like have fun in the clubhouse. Kentucky fried chicken. We actually have fun on the baseball field. <laughs> in the outfield when we, when we finish the game. That's not the team. That's Steinbrenner. Yeah, and Steinbrenner not nice word. Blame the 70s for the Yankees' beard and hair. Well, that's what all the Yankees' memories are back in the last century. Well, that's not true. I had fun this year. That's where my memory <laughs> Anyway, the Red Sox bought a couple World Series towards the end there. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we will move on here. And up to my last pick. How I have three wheels after the Boston Marathon. How could you be a heel after that? Winning Don't bring non-baseball stuff into it. <laughs> winning, in, winning in 2013, how could you think of the Red Sox as a heel? Remarkable. <laughs> Unbelievable story. B plus right, argument. So. Anybody seen there the you go. Bride? The Princess Bride? Of course I've seen the Princess Bride. Felt inconceivable. He's presented like inconceivable. That's how I felt right sitting here as a third party. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I felt the same way. And now I'm up for my last pick. I have three options on the board here. Heel of baseball now. Get out of here. The Red Sox are not a top three or four heel in baseball. <laughs> They're right above the Astros in hateability. <laughs> now you're just getting me riled up. I'm going to get a noise complaint in my apartment. This is absurd. <laughs> as enjoyable as this was, I'd like to make my next pick. So there are three options I have on the board here. I go with my number four overall pick on the board, which is a classic. I could triple down on Costner and take for love of the game. <laughs> or I could trigger Stanko again, which I have to decide what I want to do. So I know, uh, I know what movie you pick if you want to trigger me. 
Sam, what do you think I should do? Should I trigger Stanko again? Or should I go off my other picks? Oh no! Okay, how much is your noise complaint fine? <laughs> like, I don't know. It'd be my first one, so I guess we'd be okay. But I know exactly what he's gonna pick. Alan, what do you think? Should I trigger Stanko? I, I I think you should just go all in on Costner, baby. I think you should just go <laughs> because sure, as, just a name Tigers fan, as a Tigers fan, I hope you do pick for the love of the game. Well, for the sake of good podcasting, I'm going to trigger Stank. I'm going to take 42 of my last pick of the draft. Freaking overrated piece of garbage. <laughs> and I will say, I love this movie that it came out. I had it on my 10 best movies of the last decade that I'd seen. Stanko ripped me apart then. I'll let him do it again in a minute. But I love this movie. I thought he did a good job telling the Jack Robinson story. Well, good acting Harrison Ford and Chadwick Boseman. His first really big break here. 42, final pick on the board. I will save Stanko for last year. I let him accumulate his thoughts here. Alan, your thoughts on 42? I've never seen it, to be honest. Interesting. Sam, you've seen 42. Yeah, no, I, um, I didn't mind this movie. Um, I feel like if it was directed by a different person, um, it probably would have, Stanko probably might have liked it more because it'd probably be more of a real retelling. Um, it wasn't the worst movie I've seen. I sat through the whole thing, so... Um, I don't know. It's just good to have different stories out there. So it's nice to have like a Jackie Robinson story. I think it could have been done a lot better, but you know, I'll just say it with that. Okay. John, I know you're your top of the day. Go. I mean, I've already rented it. I just think this movie is incredibly overrated. I just don't think it's that good of a movie. I think it is a, if this movie was made with an R rating, like Sam said, and it was taken in a different direction and not Disneyfied, it'd be a great story to tell. And I think that they did a disservice to Jackie Robinson and to telling of this story by Disneyfying it. And while they try to portray some of the racism, there's no way they can get to any degree of what Jackie Robinson had to go through. And I just don't think it's that good of a movie. Um, I think Chadwick Boseman's fine. Just, I remember I went to go see this movie with all my college friends and they all walked out loving it. And I was like, that was not that good. I gave it a C minus. I just think this is one of the more most overrated movies. And you had it on the top of your decade list, which made me the most angry because it's not even close. <laughs> but again, like, like Sam said, I, I sat through it. I didn't like, didn't want to pause it or walk out of the movie theater at any point. But in the end, it just does not, I just, I just think it's incredibly overrated for what it is. And I, I would love, love to see a like more adult version of this told in the style of Moneyball. Get like, approach this as if you want to like get an award, get an Academy Award instead of Disneyfying it. That's my take. That's his take. And I will say, people, shameless plugging here, Stanko Stance Podcast, and we did this back in January. There was one more movie that had triggered him more than 42. Oh, you had Now You See Me 2, which is, now, now, right? Now, 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 <laughs> you one. now You See Me 1. Now You See Me 1? Yeah, that's still an utter piece of garbage. That there's this, uh, this 42 is better than Now You See Me. That I will give you. <laughs> And I just say, when it comes to Disney handling topics like racism and stuff like that, I do think they pulled it off in Remember the Titans, though, even Disney-fying it. I think that movie's overrated as well. As I also see that you're the toughest critic ever, so I take that with a grain of salt. That's his thing. He's the movie critic. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I, remember, I think Remember the Titans I saw when I was a little bit older, and I didn't see it when it first came out again. And that was part of my cultural void when I was a child. I did not see it. All right. So last up, Sam's final pick on the board. It's been a while since we heard from her making a pick. So where are you going to close this out? All right. So my issue is, I don't know if I should go for, you know what? I'll just go with this one. I'll, I'll go against what my gut tells me. 
Um, it's going to be eight men out, the story of the Black Sox team. Um, I was going to go with Angels in the outfield because I low-key love Joe Golev. But <laughs> anywho, uh, I'm going to go with eight men out. Um, so I think that's actually a movie that we watched in that document. Well, not documentary. I guess like video class. The movie class. Yeah. Movie class. Um, and I was like really skeptical, but I thought it was really good. Um, I really like like that story, and I I would like a probably more of a more current version of it today. Maybe of a it depicts like I don't know. I like the dark, scary times in baseball because it's just like you know showed how different the sport was back um, in the early 1900s. 1900s, yeah. Alan, any thoughts on Eight Men Out? I like Eight Men Out. I don't think it's the flashiest movie. I think it's kind of like. You know, it's it's kind of formulaic, but it tells a good story. And uh, I always felt bad for Joe Jackson watching it. Like, I think they did a really job with that aspect of the story. And I think it's got some quality performers. And I do think it's a good movie. Uh, John. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. If I wasn't going to pick a Red Sox movie with my final pick, this one probably would have been it. Um, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought John Cusack was really good in it. Charlie Sheen makes an appearance. Then I think what Alan said, the sympathy they put in for Shoeless Joe Jackson, they do a really good job of it. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. This great picks him. I have nothing bad to say about it. I, I don't know. Well, when I watched it, I was like, yeah, I totally bet against, I would throw a game too, if that's how I was treated. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, you know, for how they were treated and stuff, like, I don't, they all should have been let go kind of deal. I know they're trying to make an example, but. Yeah, I would agree with that. And John, was it a B plus? No, I gave it a B. Oh, I, yeah, I don't I think it, I don't think it deserved a B plus. I would put it in a B category. We like, stop treating B pluses like they're A's. <laughs> you have to you have to be you have to reach my upper echelon to be in the A category. Well, a B plus for John's like an A, an a for everybody else. I will say though that Sam you know, Angels in the Outfield was my other choice, whether it be the original or the remake, just because I think it's such a cool story, even just the idea of it is pretty heartwarming and the original uh, I think should have made the draft and I'm shocked it didn't. And I feel guilty that I didn't put it on there. I've yeah. never seen the original. The remake. <laughs> yeah, although, before we, yeah, go ahead, Sam. It's on HBO uh, Max if anybody has it, the original Angels yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. So to re before we recap the draft here, I will point out, we'll go through some of the movies that did not make the cut. The Natural didn't get picked somehow, which I was – that was one I was thinking about for my last pick before I decided to trigger Stango at 42. The love of the game, Kevin Costner, tri like, uh, triple down did not happen here. Some of my other ones on here. Angels in the outfield. Uh, HBO, well, not from Ground Zero was a good documentary. I thought about that, didn't pick it. And another one I had on here, when it was a game, another Ross Greenberg special I did not have. Any other ones you can think of, John, that would not make it from your list? Uh, Bad News Bears, I almost picked, um, the original, really love, I love that movie, um, and then, this is just for a cheesy pick, I almost would have picked Fever Pitch, just to get Fever because nobody would like it, as, it's just, a, it's, a, I know, it's not a good movie, it is not great, but I still love every minute of it, so, those were the two that almost, that almost got on my board. Alan, do you have any picks on your board that did not make the cut? Um, well, you know, it's it doesn't qualify, but I was a huge fan of the Bronx's burning, but obviously it doesn't qualify for what we're going for. Uh, Mr. 3000, I always enjoyed. That didn't make it. 
just looking through now the rest of the list. Air Bud's seventh inning fetch, of course, <laughs> classic. Did not make the, the cut. Uh, I was never a fan, really, of Summer Catch. I didn't think that was a great baseball movie. I'm just trying to think of, like, well-known ones yeah. that didn't make it. And uh, It's black for not picking The Natural. That's just... The thing the with natural... The Natural... I love certain scenes. I don't love the whole movie. But there are I certain... Gotta... I gotta be honest, it's an overrated movie in my opinion, The Natural. Yeah. That's I, why it's I think that's why it's slid because like you mean everybody remembers him hitting the home run knocking the lights out, but like the rest of the movie you kinda of forget. It's it drags. Yeah, I think the second half drags. I think right, he goes up against Babe Ruth and strikes him out, right, in a field or something like that. I remember that scene, something along those lines. And I really enjoyed that scene. But am I thinking of the right movie? Yeah, I think I think you are. Yeah. Again, it's hard. If, if we can't remember, it's not as a reason. Didn't get drafted. Pretty sure he goes into maybe not Babe Ruth, but he goes into a field and he like he strikes somebody out when nobody thought he could do it, and it's like in front of a giant crowd. And I remember I enjoyed that scene, but like the whole romantic thing and then the bullet in his side, like those were parts of the movie I just didn't think were that great. And then another movie that uh, that didn't make the cut that I really enjoy, but it's very serious and not many people know it is Bang the Drum Slowly which is an early Robert De Niro movie where he plays a catcher who gets ill. That's a really good film. And then another one, which I don't want to get, you know, we don't have to get too bogged down is Fear Strikes Out is another classic that didn't make the draft. I've never heard of Bang the Drum Slowly. That's interesting. Older movie, right? Yeah. Older. yeah. Sam, anything but, on your list that you did not make the cut? I'm actually surprised uh, you don't have... Um... Doc and Daryl on any of yours. Did you not like that documentary? I did. It was just for me. It's like I had stuff that was a lot better than it. That's why I I I, don't, I did not make my top 16. I just, I don't know. That documentary like made me feel, you know what I mean? I'm more of a like a story, like backstory kind of person. Yeah. And I thought that really told their story. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you saw like who they are and how they're completely two different people when they were usually looped together. Um, that, and then I guess Angels in the Outfield, the re- the remake, um, that were, I really enjoyed that when I was little. Stellar um, cast, stellar cast in that uh, remake. Yeah, Danny Glover, love him. Um, I, funny enough, cause, uh, for everyone listening, I did not, uh, understand the concept of this draft. I had, um, Airbud actually on my list of players as a backup catcher. And I also had George Knox in there as my manager. And then also there you go. Al, the boss angel, you know, you know, for those reasons, like lifting people up high and stuff. <laughs> well, there, there you go. I did not put that on there. When you brought up the 86 Mets day, I'll ask John real quick. Are you aware that the 86 Mets are getting the last dance treatment from 30 for 30? They're getting a whole multi-part series being developed. Oh, they really are? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, like, that's good. I'm, I have no shame in that. That's, that, I think mean, it's going to be a great story. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's gonna be far better than the. I think they're far more compelling subject than the nine-part Tom Brady one because Tom Brady, I think that he's controlling it means it's gonna be a lot of stuff in there. It's not gonna make the cut. Eighty-six well, Mets. It's the same thing with the Last Dance though. MJ had final say too over certain stuff. I yeah, but like I, I just don't. I just don't think the MJ. I think there is more going on with those bold. I don't think there's any like apart from 07, I don't think there's any dynamic Patriot team. You're like, oh, I really need to know the backstory of that team. 
I mean, the 2001 Patriots literally put off the greatest upset in Super Bowl history. So, literally, they were the biggest underdog ever. I think you have more characters in the 86 Mets story because you had Doc, you had Daryl, Keith. I, I'll watch the 86 Mets one for sure. I yeah. For sure. Maybe they, I'm, I'll be excited if they don't vilify Bill Buckner, if they actually explain that he shouldn't have been on the field and that he shouldn't have gotten the hate that he did from Red Sox fans. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, I hope they do. But to recap the draft here, Sam's team, bench warmers, rookie of the year, the rookie, eight men out. My team, feel the dreams, build Boulder with a double down on Costner, Ken Burns' is baseball at 42. John's team, the Sandlot, Moneyball, 61, and still we believe the Boston Red Sox movie. Allen has a league of their own, Major League, Pride of the Yankees, and Basketball. So this is going to go off on a Twitter poll. We will see next week. I will tell the audience here who they thought had the best team. So anybody have a thought who think they think might win this poll? I'm going to be honest. I think Allen has the best chance to win that Twitter poll. Between the league of their own and Major League, back-to-back picks, you cover both the people who treat baseball movies as if like they're true dramas and you love a good story. And you also got the comedy aspect of major league. So I think Allen is in prime position. Thank you. Plus he has probably the Yankees as well. I also could pull the Yankee fan vote. Especially the Yankee fans are over 85. <laughs> yeah. All those, all those Twitter users are over 85. They're, <laughs> they're all going to be all over Allen. I love this pick. I think, I think Sands is the wild card. I feel like they're going to be like number one or could flame out. I have flame out. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> I will bribe people with uh, free appetizer cards for uh, Outback Steakhouse, but, you know. Come Mike, back. I got to say, the Costner super fans are definitely going to vote for yours. <laughs> I could have. Yeah, that's why I didn't take for a while with the game. I figured I already got them. I don't need to keep doubling. I need to try to appeal a different demographic with these last two picks. I would have went full Costner demographic myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thrown Waterworld in there as a fourth and just pretend they had a baseball scene and trick people. It was a deleted scene. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Costner, we are fans of you on this podcast. So I know you're never going to listen to this, but if you want to support us, feel free and come on the podcast sometime. Holiday special three. A friend of mine's roommate is actually dating Kevin Costner's son. <laughs> that, that could be the end. That's be your end, Mike. Separation. Holy crap. All right, I think with that, I think it's a good time to leave this. This is a lot of fun. We'll put it out there, see how people think. We're excited for baseball to start. Go around the horn, give me some chance to plug social media. Al, I'll go to you first. Did you actually have a new YouTube show out that you want to promote? Yes, the Alan Austin Show on YouTube. You can just Google the Alan Austin Show. It's a comedy sports talk show. Uh, I would gladly appreciate it to all the fans out there to check it out. And on Twitter, it's at Alan, A-L-L-E-N, underscore austin a-u-s-t-i-n underscore and instagram is alan austin sports all right sam how about you how do you follow you on twitter um twitter at s-d-r-o-s five for all those people listening out there i finally got the like the handle on my twitter handle <laughs> there you go john how about you how do people follow you and keep up with stanko stance at jstanko99 at twitter and on instagram as well All right. Thanks again, guys, for coming out. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And that will do it for our opening week baseball coverage. The pop culture baseball movie draft is in the books. I want to thank my guests, Sandra Rosa, John Stanko, and Alan Austin for taking the time to hang out, do this draft. Remember, vote in that Twitter poll, guys. We want to see who had the best movie draft. 
I hope you like my squad. You got to go with the Costner love, but we'll see how it goes. If you want more stuff like this podcast, including the aforementioned part one, where I talked to Jason Stark of The Athletic, talked to the baseball beat, did overruns with Phil Freida, check out justandthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Simply search for Just and the Suffering there. You can go catch part one of the podcast there. Our Met coverage from last week with Tim Healy. Our Yankee special two weeks ago with Dan Federico. A lot of good stuff in the archives. Be free to check that out. You also follow my YouTube channel, Mike Phillips, on YouTube. I put the individual segments up there. So this entire baseball movie draft is going up on YouTube. Be sure to check that out there. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. The hashtag for this one, B+. You know what it means you made this far. Hashtag B+. Also, I want to remind everybody, please give your feedback and star ratings. I'll take this podcast even better going forward. Next up on the podcast, doing a little Rangers hockey, talking to Rick Carpinello of The Athletic about him, Rangers fan forum, and more. Till then, play ball. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.